In July of 2018 and 2019, large numbers of oysters, cockles, and clams died on beaches all around Puget Sound. No one knew why. Now, researchers have pinpointed the cause. Two species of toxic algae that don't threaten people much, but can wreak havoc on the ecosystem. Beginning to figure out what's killing so many shellfish is a breakthrough for growers and anyone who lives near the beaches. KNKX environment reporter Bellamy Palethorpe has the story. People who monitor water quality all around Puget Sound helped make the discovery. Like a neighborhood block watch of the sea that caught a microscopic bad guy. Vera Trainer started Sound Toxins, a group that includes citizen scientists, shellfish growers, and tribes. She's a research oceanographer with NOAA's Northwest Fisheries Science Center in Seattle. She started Sound Toxins 15 years ago to improve monitoring of algae blooms that can harm people and many forms of wildlife. It's not scientists working in isolation, but scientists working with community members who are the eyes on their backyard and are able to tell us what is there at multiple sites. She says the two species that are causing mass shellfish die-offs every summer are tiny phytoplankton called dinoflagellates. They look amazing in the microscope. They're quite beautiful, but these You know, these organisms that you can't even see with your eye are causing millions of dollars of damage. Dinoflagellates have two whip-like tails that let them swim up and down the water column and find what they need to survive. Instead of dying off the way most algae do, Trainer says they can drop seed-like cysts that keep springing back to life. And we do think that these dinoflagellates, which are more highly resilient to stressful environmental conditions, are going to be some of the winners under climate change. She says it's a threat we have to learn to live with. So Sound Toxins wants to develop a warning system that would alert growers when blooms reach dangerous levels. At Taylor Shellfish in Shelton, crews unload the day's harvest for processing. Oysters, clams, and mussels run through conveyor belts where workers wash and shuck them. How many pounds do you guys get? Right here, I think 600. Farm manager Justin Landman and fifth-generation farmer Niall Taylor point to crates full of foot-long gooey ducks that have just come in. They're from North Bay, one of the beaches where the mass die-off happened two summers back. These gooey duck would have survived that event. They've been in the ground longer than that. Yeah, they've lived through it all. (laughs) The gooey ducks hunkered down and became less active, but unlike everything else on the beach, they didn't die. Taylor and Landman still remember how it smelled when other species did. Hundreds of thousands of pounds of clams, um, tens of thousands of Pacific oysters in 10 days, basically. Clams were popping up out of the ground, which is what they do when they're unfortunately about to die. And then two, three days later, it was just a blanket of dead clams everywhere. A couple more days, then a bunch of oysters started dying, and then it just turned into just a graveyard out there. It's awful. For some reason, Taylor says seabirds that would normally scavenge and pick at dead things on the beach stayed away. It was not a fun place to walk on the beach or live in that area for two weeks, just as all of that meat was, you know, starting to decay on the beach. Taylor says these killer phytoplankton cost his company millions of dollars. He and others hope the recent die-offs were just an especially bad couple of years. Now that they know the species involved, they'll research different ways to protect their crops, perhaps through genetics. But Taylor says not only farmed species perished, everything did, including lots of native clams and other natural species. That hurt more than shellfish farmers.
Shelby Madeira says it's affected members of her tribe, the Nooksack. She's a lab assistant at the Salish Sea Research Center at Northwest Indian College in Bellingham. Her lab ran shellfish samples through a mass spectrometer to help confirm the findings about which toxins killed them. Shellfish is a subsistence food for her relatives, Madeira says. I have a relative who's slummy and goes out and collects shellfish and... In that form, they get extra money to pay for bills or whatever they need, as well as collecting those shells to make things such as rattles for ceremonial purposes. She says the summer shellfish harvest is a cultural event that binds families and generations. They camp out near the beaches for days. They get up early mornings, late at night, whenever the tide is, and they go out and harvest. And I think that's just a sense of, like, Having that time of being together as a family, it's really important. She says she's amazed to have seen firsthand how these microscopic plants, phytoplankton, can be so deadly to clams and oysters. They're really hard to kill. They're filter feeders. So if they're dying off, then something really intense is happening. Her lab will grow samples of the toxic phytoplankton so scientists can learn more about how they work. In the meantime, the researchers behind sound toxins will continue to monitor the water. Terry King, an aquaculture and marine water quality specialist with Washington Sea Grant, says the findings could give some growers time to get their shellfish out of harm's way. So they might harvest that crop more quickly if it's ready to go, then holding on to it for a while and hoping that it survives the area. King is standing at the end of a long pier in Port of Allen near Belfair in South Puget Sound. That's very close to where the recent mass die-offs happened in North Bay. She unfurls a special so net. I'm going to put the cod end on this phytoplankton net, and this is what's going to capture all of the plankton in it. She samples the water here every week. I'm going to drop it in. Come up here a little bit. So the tide is coming in. She also measures the water temperature and notes other conditions. A little windy today. King will take the samples back to a lab where she can examine them. This was how she got the first major clue about the cause of the recent die-off. She found the dinoflagellate called Protoceratium reticulatum in water samples from North Bay and later in samples from dead animals. It was the only organism in the entire bay. There was nothing else that could have caused the problem. There was no dissolved oxygen problem. There was no temperature problem. There was no nothing else. It had to be this. King says in other areas, it was clearly another species, Akashiwo sanguinea. She's the lead author of the paper that outlines the new findings. It's called Hiding in Plain Sight. That's because when researchers really dove into the available data, they found a correlation between mass summer mortality events and these two species of phytoplankton, going back as far as the 1930s. The clues were there all along, but the names of the species had changed over time, so it took some sleuthing to figure that out. This has been happening for 90 years, and we just figured out what it is. That is just amazing. Scientists will need time and more research to fully understand the findings, but they're relieved that they've found the cause of summer die-offs that have plagued people and industries in Puget Sound for nearly a century. Bellamy Palethorpe, KNKX News.